Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup that we complete with the money quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Dynamite. What did you make of last night's show, Sidge? Uh, I thought it was mostly a really, really, really good show. Nothing I would describe as great, exhilarating, like hugely significant. Mostly really, really, really good. <laughs> But the things that I enjoyed, I had a few maybe pedantic quibbles with, but I would argue that that is the function of a critic. I would agree with that argument, um, which people like. So, yeah, this was a good example for me of AEW lately getting the basics right. And yeah. I think they've been doing that on television for a while now, even though I understand why a lot of people have been critical of the TV, less so the pay-per-views, but mm. I get it. I think the individual stories... The pay-per-views are goaded. Like, like, I, I know we use that word in jest, but genuinely, they're <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's that thing, isn't it, where like if you're going to have this massive roster, the one thing you can pretty much guarantee is a quality pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have found a lot of individual faults with lots of the stories, but I've just, again, I've said it probably most weeks, I've had a sense that they're getting the basics right, and this week was another example of that. I sensed a bit of divisiveness around the main event. Like... I didn't have too many problems with it, wobbly execution aside. And then on the pre, I was thinking back to the preview yesterday. We predicted half of this show, and that's what you want from AW. You want to be fooled by the other half and see where the rest of it is going. That says to me that things are a little bit more on track. Yeah. Like, big fan of the Continental Classic, despite the fact that none of the matches have really delivered on the expectations the brackets laid out. Mm. I don't think there's been one yet that is like really made you like I know once you're thinking about a five star it's not a five star that's the rule but it's not even giving you that five star energy but the structure is returning yes. it's almost annoying that this isn't just going to foreshadow the return of the rankings because clearly yeah. this company functions best when the wrestlers are focused most on the results the collision continental classic side of things bracket league whatever has delivered mostly blue for league, me yeah. on the promise blue league's incredible and again tonight the gold league continues to be very good, not great. And hey, I, I, that's not... I'm saying it's very good. Yeah. 
I'm saying it's very good. <laughs> I'm very excited for next week's big match in the goal league. Mox and Swerve, obviously. Oh, aye, aye. Yeah. I'm into the this. I like. I'm into the ramifications. It's coming out in the wrestlers' promos. It's coming out in the way they wrestle these matches specifically. Like the ramifications are making a difference mm. to the week on week. If you took all of these individual matches and just put them on dynamites, that absolutely would have happened two months ago. By the way, oh, it's Jay Lethal versus uh, Jay White. Whatever. Like that would have happened, and we'd have just had nothing to say. Bullet Club Gold would have ran down. Planet Jarrett would have ran mm-hmm. down. And then you have a tag match next week. The tournament has absolutely helped these matches from reviewing. Clean it up, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's dive straight into them because the Continental Classic Gold League started the night off. Uh, it was John Moxley versus Roosh, and they just start with a shot bottle, as we probably expected between these two. Uh, Moxley gets dropped. Good on job, his, it's Roosh. Uh, Moxley gets dropped on his head with an overhead belly to belly. Uh, they spill into the crowd. Uh, Roosh smacks Moxley with a fan's drink. They head back into the ring. Uh, Roosh does that. Fake out boot of his, does a pose, and Moxley just flips him off to respond. Uh, Roosh hits a snap power slam, but again, plays the crowd a little bit too much, and uh, Moxley gets him with a cutter. Uh, he gets a near fall off a superplex following that. He blocks an overhead belly-to-belly on the apron, but suffers one out on the floor to take us to a break. When we uh, come back, Moxley comes back with a DDT, uh, but gets hit by a Roosh pile driver for a two-count. Um, Roosh this time hits a superplex off the top. Moxley escapes a DDT, though, sends Roosh to the floor, and it's a big tope. They try and tease a count out, but that was kind of pointless considering the amount of time they brawled into the crowd earlier on. Um, but Moxley just takes Roosh's head off uh, as he goes for bull's, bull's horns, hits the Death Rider. Roosh kicks out, so Moxley just slaps on the rear naked choke, and Roosh, I love the ending of this, Roosh passed out, and uh, the ref called it, and so obviously Moxley releases. Roosh wakes up, like, what's happened? I didn't tap out or anything like that. But yeah, you were completely out of it. I love this ending. Mox goes on to nine points. Indeed, I am. Um, I've got a few small, possibly pedantic criticisms before I put over a match that I largely really, really enjoyed. One, in a less hot building, even though the fans were really quite noisy, mm. right? But in a less hot building than the one they played Fight for the Fallen last year, the match wasn't as good. So it kind of suffered a little bit by comparison and the memory of the previous match and the expectation it set. Mm. So it wasn't as good, which was a bit of a shame. Two, the story told in last week's match against Jay Lethal and more um, overtly, the promo that Mox cut where he's like, have the last four years caught up with me? Mm-hmm. Am I just not in the best um, headspace? Am I just battered physically? I don't think that really built into the match mm. against Roosh. You could have never known. If you'd missed that promo, you wouldn't have been able to infer that promo when you watched this match. So that was a bit strange. Um, otherwise, there was stuff in this match where I didn't go, uh, just bleed, but I did get like amped up and excited. Like Some of the... Some of the blows, like Roosh was like going after his throat at one point with a thudding <laughs> forearm, and it didn't look as clean and then had that wonderful shotgun sound like the chops, but it was like gnarly, mm. physical. Um, like they seemed really up for it. Like Mox, like Minoru Suzuki once said about John Moxley, a great quote It's because he can't do sh that makes John Moxley a great wrestler. Mm. And he made the same point that I've tried to be making, maybe I've got it off Suzuki in the first place. Like, the idea of this hybrid style has reached sort of a critical mass where I'm just, right, okay, I, I feel nothing for a lot. Uh, Moxley isn't that. The one time he flirts with doing something that he probably shouldn't because it's just the way things are done now, 
is a suicide dive, which never looks good. <laughs> it's never particularly in character for the style and for the character he portrays. Yet he was so dialed in here that he almost knocked Roosh's head off. Mm. I was like, oh, that was fantastic. And just the little moments, like Roosh at one point forearmed Mox right in the face and almost tripped over his own feet because it was so stiff that mm. like the momentum almost carried him forward. So it was kind of like really unvarnished, like a nice, ugly, but better for it scrap. And I like the story told again. Vintage Continental Classic, even though it's been on for like <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> wherein you get without no with no interference and no episodic TV trappings, more often than not, you just get a really nice, elegant story, simple and told very well. Roosh played heel more overtly than he has. Mm-hmm. He's against Moxley. You kind of have to do that. And his facial expressions were wonderful. He was just a smug prick throughout, <laughs> taunting, celebrating, looking just enormously pleased with himself. And then John Moxley... Your hero, the badass, literally with a bulldog ch- bulldog choke, wipes that smile off his face. Really, really, really good. I could put hundreds of reallys in front of the good because I don't think it was ever quite great, capital G. It wasn't anywhere nearly as high as Sidgwick, but it's almost like different opinions can be a good thing. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I thought this was, like, to reference Sidgwick's point that we're kind of, everyone's, not everyone, a lot of people are having a referendum on, like, what makes a good match and a lot of moves just happen now mm. and you've become so desensitized. And I think that's certainly in our case when you watch a lot of it, but I think that's becoming more and more the case for people that just watch for pleasure and are just not getting much out. And I saw Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre in a match we isolated for praise for all the right reasons, being used as an example of how to do something right versus how not mm. to. This was a bit of a moves match for me because then when they were what felt more in character that stuck out. I was needing to be snapped out of the funk a little bit. The tranquilo pose and the double bird was one of those moments. Um, at that stumble, I didn't particularly spot, but there was points in the, just in the brawly elements where I was like, there it is. There's the reality. It's a bit of, ugly. There's yeah. the reality of who these people are versus the getting you in feeling that was kind of like, and that's been like, that was the case across this dynamite, I think, to be honest. So I don't think this dynamite burst out of the, the funk that we're all a little bit in. So this match didn't really do it for me, but I did love the finish. Like, I do like watching uh, John Moxley. I like watching John Moxley find a way. It flashes back to a different time. And I think there's a bit, of, there's a, a tightrope that he walks and he falls off quite a lot for me now of the times when he finds a way and the time when he just, like... Just kicks ass. He, I, when he's, Bob Holly's it. Yeah, Bob, Bob <laughs> Holly's it. Like, I've been less kind with, like, the John Cena thing. Like, there's a Superman element to the way that he just wins. Uh, but I like it when it feels a bit more organic. And that was certainly the case with the choke out here. The injury thing just stuck out like a sore thumb to me. I felt like I was buying into one story last week that was dropped cold this week. I feel like that'll appear next week in what's being like almost this like Champions League battle all of a sudden mm-hmm. that we'll get to later that was promoted later on, on the show. But yeah, it's just not like that wild thing sting just does not hit it for me at the moment. And I've I don't know. It's a personal thing. Maybe no, I, get it. no, I, I feel like get it's going to be wild because I'm going to be out of the woods with Moxley. But this definitely had flashes. Like that, that maybe I want to give Roosh more credit for. He's the guy that makes it feel real sometimes. I bloody love Roosh, man. Mm. Uh, we got a nice video package uh, hyping up Jay White versus Jay Lethal. Uh, White talking about when he looked up to Lethal when he was younger in ROH, but he's going to get the three points tonight. And Lethal said his back's against the wall. It's a must win for him. Uh, and then Renee Paquette's out on the stage. She welcomes out Roderick Strong in the kingdom. And the fans are all like, yeah, we get through the whole Adam thing. And the one person that he didn't shout loud was Adam. He says, Renee! Uh, it's obvious that MJF is going to put his 
dagger into the heart of Samoa Joe. Um, Joe is a big boy. Life has taught him actions have consequences tonight. Joe's going to put his hands on a hot stove and it's going to burn him. Uh, he calls Renee crazy. He says, look, decisions have consequences. Look at me in this wheelchair. Look, this is my life. I'm here due to decisions I've made. This is my life daily. And then suddenly he rises up out of the wheelchair saying he'll no longer be held back. It's held him back for far too long. Uh, the kingdom act like this is some sort of miracle uh, and strong repeats down the camera Far too long as they celebrate his incredible recovery. Yeah, didn't know what to make of this. It felt like him rising out of the wheelchair. And maybe this is the big plot development that was penciled in all along for this week in the ramifications with MGF and Joe or whatever. But it did feel like a symbolic, right? We're getting away from this aspect of the character. Um, but at the same time, he's doing the voice. <laughs> and I've, I'm going to keep my words brief here because I've made this point very recently. Him going, Adam! If you, it's still grating and abrasive and a bit one-dimensional caricature stuff, but the idea is that the character enunciated his friend's name in such a way to convey that he was desperate for his time and affection. Adam! Why is he saying it to Dasha Gonzalez? Mm -hmm. What does he need? Why is he needy for Dasha Gonzalez? <laughs> like, is he in the YouTube comment section? You know what I mean? Like... He's doing it because it's his thing, but now it's stripped of any meaning, mm. and he's just a caricature doing stupid things in ways no one talks like for no real reason. Mm. It's just crap. Just crap. I hate this. I, I oh, here he is. <laughs> I think it's Michael funny. Ham fed. I think it's funny in wrestling. Has anyone said that before? Yeah. Ah. It's still not as good as Stamflet as well. That was always original and best. Like, I think it's funny in wrestling when a wrestler reminds you that someone's name isn't really a name. So I do like him shouting Samoa in the same way that if he was in WWE, I'd like him shouting Triple. <laughs> you know, like if you called the game Triple, and you'd be like, the Game Triple H. That's right. Like, Tra. Tra. Uh, Tra. But I completely agree on the Renee. That is. Like, that can't just become a character thing. Shouting people's names can't work. Well, it doesn't just, make any sense. It does just make me laugh when somebody has a first name that isn't a first name. Yes. Um, what else are I going to say about this? I think this was a good night for the devil. And I've been the last, I kind of the last guy enjoying the devil, actually. But I think this was a good night for the devil, and this was part of it. There were developments that I think really mm. moved the story forward. The line of suspects got much bigger. The sense of a twist incoming felt more likely, like more sort of, more clues beyond Wardlow's hair. And I like that one. So maybe I'm just into the low bar that's been set with the devil. But this was part of it for me, like a night when Roderick's like, all, more and more pieces have fallen into place. They're just not showing you where yet. Mm. So Roderick Strong gets out the chair the week we see that, like, the devil's, like, the, the devil's rejects come out and join when people are making speculation on it being the uh, kingdom or the pinnacle or whatever. I think they've, like, focused on it in the right way. I don't think it's just, like, a da hacker or it is. MJF running back. Oh, no, the acclaimed and running backstage as quick as he can. It just feels to me like they've got... I didn't feel for a while like there was a whiteboard backstage. Mm. The D, we go from this to this to this to this. And this week in particular, I did. I sensed that, like, right, we do this now because the payoff is coming at world's end, which means that next week we do this and next week we do this. I've mm. known the board has been there the whole time. It's just the actual presentation of this on television is dire and continued tonight, last night, to be dire. But we'll get to that. The board was there. I just think people had, like, scribbled cocks and balls on it. I don't know. They've had a plans. plan. They've just presented the plan and the whole character, TNA, cheap production. Mm. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Just generally great news. Sort of related to this, I suppose, but not actually 
on the show. Just nice to hear that Kyle O'Reilly's backstage now. Mm. And that uh, feels related, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it's been dropped I think it's, out. I think it's Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Obviously, uh, neck fusion surgery issues following that. But yeah, it's great news. Uh, anyway, Renee Paquette is backstage. Uh, got a lot of work tonight. She's waiting outside MGF's locker room for his words on the tag match when in walks Hangman Page, who sort of apologizes for walking to a shot and then sort of goes, oh, I don't really, don't really care. Um, she says, like, how are you? It's the first time we've seen you since full gear. He says, yeah, not been allowed to fly, you know, with the whole getting hit in the head with a cinder block, etc. That's why I've been gone. He turns his attention to Swerve, says, look, you broke into my house, you broke into my son's room, you had a load of people help you win, beat me up on paper. You, I accept the loss, but um, I took something from you at full gear. You'll never get back. This feud isn't over. I know what you want the most in life, and I'll make sure you never get it. Uh, MJF walks out and says, howdy, Seabiscuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He says, uh, I really enjoyed your match, uh, by the way, with Full Gear with Swerve. It's fun watching a match where I watched two men see how many STDs they could get. And uh, Paige says, look, I ain't got half an hour to, to chat to you. Uh, and he walks off and MJF says, well, the reason uh, I've, I need to talk for half an hour is to wake people up after you put them to sleep. And Paige can still hear this. So he doubles back and goes, you, you want to do this? You want to do this now? And MJF's like, yeah, I do, actually. Do you remember... Uh, Last time me and you sort of interacted, I verbally bent you over in front of Bret Hart at Double or Nothing, and Paige is like, uh, yeah, I do actually remember that, because that was in and around the time I uh, we, we had a match, and that ended when I buckshotted your ass and threw you over the top rope. And uh, MJF fires back with, good member Barry there, which popped me. Uh, he says, uh, I remember uh, winning the uh, beautiful diamond ring, but I couldn't remember. Uh, Renee, can you help me? Um, who it was that I first beat for it? It was some talentless white trash hick. Uh, and Paige is like, yeah, yeah, you did. And I, I had to console myself by coming a- becoming AEW champion. And I was like, well, well, you, you only had it for six months. I've had this for over a year. And Paige is like, well, you can go and brag about that when you're 70 years old by yourself. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. what about Tits McGee? Um, but also, you can tell your ninth cat about your one-year title reign. Uh, and MGF's like, well, maybe you're the devil. Paige's like, Me? And uh, he says, why don't you be honest, MJF? Admit you're the one behind the mask. And they're all, they're both back, they're winding each other up no end. They're about to get into it. And then Samoa Joe shows up and says, what are you doing? And he's making sure, obviously, MJF stays healthy, uh, like he's promised. And he has a go at Hangman Page for getting into it. And then he's like, Max, what are you doing as well? We've got more important things tonight. I love this. I thought this was absolutely sensational on pretty much every conceivable level. So we watch, there's a weekly ritual now, the Kenny Omega promo in which he buries John Moxley on the road to All Out, yes. knowing that, right, we're obviously going to go back to it at some point. That so, was, of course, just after John Moxley competed in the G1. Did he win that? <sighs> no, I did. First try. <laughs> so we watch that every single week. It's promo. You've got a boo-boo on your own. You've got a boo-boo <laughs> on your own. We watch that every single week, it seems, because it's like, I just want to grab Kenny Omega by the scruff of the neck. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Do that. You're the absolute best. Um, and part of that is he's talking about John Moxon. He's been really patronizing about how his little wrestler dream and what he wants to do now that he's not in the prison anymore. And Kenny Omega goes, can I go in Japan? Uh, check. <laughs> can I do a hardcore match? Check. Oh, can I go and work some indies? Uh, check. This promo between MJF and Hangman Page was a list of my little bitchy, pedantic complaints. (laughs) Answered, check, 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 check. I have complained almost relentlessly about why are the people backstage when they are and where they are Mm -hmm. 
Could they have made this more organic? Like, why was Hangman Page here? Why was Hangman Page here? Just walking around. It's <laughs> a drift. Three weeks and he couldn't fly. And he's flown. Why? Didn't wrestle, didn't talk. He's showing Montreal. He wants to, he wants to see Edge, uh, Christian and, and Adam Copeland Maybe wrestle. it would have revealed itself later in the night. Asked and answered. Asked and See what answered. I mean? The fact, the fact we're coming to the devil. Now we find out why he was there. But also, well, the, the, the fact we're coming to the defense of it, I think, speaks for I think it was meant to be there. Yeah. Whether you're booked ah, on the show. you got a call time. you got a call time. you meant yeah. to be there. Anyway. So, I loved this argument as well. First of all, I love the idea of them two coming together. Say it all the time. It's got its attributes and it's like negatives or whatever. This Tony Khan booking model where very rarely do you have like this Raw-esque small cast. They all kind of interact with each other all the time. It's very, very patient, very, very indirect. Like uh, he's edging you almost. (laughs) But then you see something like this and it's like, oh, right, that's why you wait. And now it feels powerful and like shocking when you see these two characters who inhabit the same world actually interact. But like uh, Game of Thrones, I know Tony likes his uh, <laughs> references. Um, and I love the argument. I love the idea that they've both kind of observed one another, knowing one day we'll have a fight, and I should probably study this bloke and take him seriously and watch everything he does. And at the same time. Uh, they're a bit good, and I resent that. And maybe I'm a little bit, you know, put out by mm. it, like jealous almost. So when they have this argument, it's all like the stuff in the back of the head just coming out in this pissy sort of way. Ordinarily, you could argue that this kind of insult, 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 insult is a raise to the bottom. But if anything, I honestly thought it was kind of like they were both very defensive throughout, and some of the material was great. Like the 30 minutes line from Hangman Page was he is a funny bloke when he wants to be. And I just, where's this going? Is one of them going to turn mm. heel? When's it going to happen? I was just very much intrigued and entertained by all of this. Yeah, is Hangman Page the devil? Probably not, but it's intriguing to, to set that point out. And this was the, kind of the polar opposite of what we complain about often in the Fed of, I'll just read my Wikipedia page. I loved it, but I was surprised that you did. Like genuinely, like I was expecting you to say half of this was great. It's brilliant to see two AW originals coming together for the first time and it's the patience and it's the, oh, them two. We've wanted it and now we get to look at it. And I thought you'd hate the dialogue. This was was proper like, you're a loser. Well, you're a bigger loser. Well, you're the biggest loser, actually. It's a good bad version of everything. Well, I'm surprised. But that's what I'm saying. Like the whole point was, they were saying that, but I'm thinking the subtext was they've been following each other. They know everything about each other. These things that have happened in their very brief existence together still matter. Yeah. You know no, what I, I mean? I, I like that. It's like, it's the idea that they're coming from a bit of a defensive yeah. standpoint because it's just, well, probably where they both are well, plus, in their careers at the yeah. moment as well, you know? Plus it wasn't necessarily you're a loser because you lost X match. It was like, it's a weird sort of put you over put down. It was like, well, you only had a world title reign the yeah. last six months. Context, I just yeah. think is everything in this one. Like, this would absolutely be like this would be like a like a John Cena in this. Well, I beat you here. Well, I beat you here. Well, I beat you here. Well, like nobody wants to watch you beat. Oh, you suck and you can't draw, and you're nowhere near good enough to be the face yeah. of the company. <laughs> well, uh, my reality TV show did loads better than your stupid reality Austin TV Theory, show. Theory, you're really boring. I, like that kind like, of. Stuff. I thought like the sort of that's where this could have gone, mm. but again, like it just I think there's a magic. AEW still has and should like cling on to it for dear life as well. There is a magic to certain wrestlers within this company that have been kept apart and for years 
is ages, ridiculous. It's ages for in weekly episodic yeah. TV. They've it's, done a really good job of it. Absolutely ages. It is often so much of what informs the complaint. Kenny Omega being your example is so perfect because it informs the most complaints about Kenny Omega. Like there are so many guys that we've never seen in wrestle that we should have done cut promos against that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But this is the benefit of that. I wouldn't want it all the time. Like these should these should be as rare as this yeah. felt in reality. Mm. Uh, it was followed by... You could argue that they could have built more stars in the interim for yeah. those moments yeah. to feel a bit more... If, yeah. if the pillars and the killers had just worked, yeah. then you'd have suddenly four more of them there, four I more know, you actually booked a cash at wrestle singles matches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of I just thought it was nice to have Angman Page get into a promo battle and not go into business for himself. Uh, Swerve Strickland versus Mark Briscoe. I thought it was uh, nice that Hangman Page just like, lets anyone into the building. <laughs> I thought I just thought it was great there. You know, Christopher two, Daniels, that's what I'm talking about. Two massive, massive stars were arguing for who was going to be number two and number three. <laughs> I think that's class. Swerve Strickland versus Mark Briscoe came next. Obviously, a clutch match for Mark Briscoe. Uh, could be mathematically eliminated from the Continental Classic. Um, feeling out process earlier on. Briscoe's hammering away in the corner. And Tony Schiavone's like, well, many many wrestlers in WCW love to play spoiler. Taz's like, AW, mate, what are you talking about? Someone pointed out that. it's really cool that it took them four years to do it. Yeah? Yeah. And the WWE Raw. Or WWE uh, <laughs> AW. Shivani's had a few mares of late. Not mares. It's mm. like it's one of those things where you kind of bury Shivani for it. Like he called uh, Death Valley Driver a Canadian destroyer on collision. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe he's a bit stretched, you know. Like, we're not talking a lot about how he's basically just become chief player by player on collision. <laughs> that's, well, that's, the thing. that's sort of very quietly maybe, happened, doesn't maybe it? Maybe like stretched. The, maybe yeah. he's a bit stretched. But it is also, it's one of those ones where this is a very different atmosphere on commentary to well, certainly how it used to be over there where they'd be like, you're an idiot. You're not like... To, and you have Cole like, going, <laughs> this yeah. guy or messed like, up. Or like Shivani. Like if anybody ever called Shivani out in WCW, you're like, uh, yeah, well, how about you take your fat ass out the chair because you're going to get fired when we're back back. Say, just joking, Bobby. Like, I'm wrong. Everybody frigging hated him. He was sick of his life. Uh, so time. Swerve comes back into it with a neck breaker. Briscoe sends him out to the floor with a drop kick. Uh, oh, sorry, for a drop kick through the ropes. And Swerve back drops him over the barricade and suplexes him off for it. Back to, into ringside to take us to a break. Strickland controls during the break. Uh, Briscoe gets out of an arm bar. Some redneck kung fu gets fired off. Starts running wild. I'm so much fun. Fisherman's Buster gets a two. Um Strickland comes back with a nice step over gut wrench German, rolling flat line and a buzzsaw kick for a two count. Briscoe hits a big lariat, but Strickland kicks out. Strickland rolls through a J driller into a house call, but Briscoe gets the knees up on a 450 and uh, gets a two count off that with a roll up. Uh, rolling DVD from uh, Mark Briscoe, who wants the froggy bow, but Strickland this time gets his knees up. Um, Time's running out. They go to the apron. Strickland uh, counters a another attempt at a J-Driller into a DVD. Hits the Swerve Stomp. One, two, three. Another three points for Swerve. He also goes on to nine points like uh, John Moxley. And uh, Mark Briscoe is eliminated from the Continental Classic. Or mathematically eliminated from Continental Classic. Again, here's the theme. I thought that was some really, really, really good stuff. The last five minutes were like that. This was meant to be AEW's G1. Right, the last five minutes of this match had that G one energy. Like there was so those near falls were so close. You kind of always back Swerve to win because he's in that spot and he deserves that spot and he took that spot. But at the same time, you just want Mark Briscoe to win because mm. he's such a great character. This is tournament wrestling, the action, the drama, the suspense. G one standard by the last five minutes, which I want to go into a little bit more. Um, but my two kind of. Small, but probably not insignificant complaints, right? One is that I think Mark Briscoe is far too good and far too over 
to cast as the sort of sentimental pin eating guy mm. who's going to fight his heart out, but he's never going to really win a big title or whatever, or be the biggest stars. I'm, I'll take a risk on Briscoe, but then you kind of sympathize with Tony Khan and then don't because he signed so many great wrestlers that you could read, like, I uh, would say, oh, well, Takeshita should be the champion, actually. Oh, Rush is really impressing me. You know, there's, there's so many options that you can kind of sympathize with him to mm-hmm. a degree, but then you've kind of. You ruined your, your narrative ecosystem. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what you've done, and that's why I have to think the way that I do. Um, I, I just think Briscoe, oh, he's just mint, man. And I think he's really kind of undone the booking with his performances mm-hmm. in this league, yeah. in this tournament. Um, having, spoiler alert, Jay Lethal lost. Having two <laughs> wrestlers be mathematically eliminated with two rounds left, oh, that's poor. I think so too. I think it's quite poor. I don't know what you do. Maybe be more bold, have Swerve lose a match to Briscoe or whatever. Like, um, they have to be on ramp. Like, Mark Briscoe's so good that when he wrestles, who's he got? He's got Uh, Jay Lethal still. He's got Jay Lethal and who else? Uh, He's wrestled Moxley, Jay White. No, he's wrestled Rouge Rouge last week. It's Jay White, isn't it? He's got Jay White and Jay Briscoe. Jay White and Jay Lethal left wrestling, yeah. So it's one of those, it's just like, well, at least uh, Mark Briscoe's Mark Briscoe, and he's fantastic. Jay Lethal matches have to go on Rampage. I'm not watching them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Yeah, I know they have implications. They've got more, haven't they, those two? Yes, and that's nice. We've yeah. spoke about it with the but Blue the, League, though. It, it, you could argue if you had Daniel Garcia mathematically eliminated, he's like, is he going to lose all I know, five? Yeah. That's a different story. That's a different story, yeah. and yes, I know that, like... Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal will wrestle people who do have stakes in the game, yeah, skin yeah. in the game, but still a bit. I, so I, a, wooden, a wooden spoon match. Like, it's that's, weird. Uh, that's yeah. weird. For balance here, right, I think Tony Khan would have been, or AW, whatever, would have been accused of being spineless either way here. They've not yeah, really shown no, enough backbone uh, to, like, have, uh, like, Swerve get beat, for example. Like, Swerve like, mocks works next week as much as it does. Yeah, yeah because you've got two, whereas it's like. And I will let all of the play out. Uh-huh. Whereas equally, if you, you know, if we decided, well, like Swerve's gotten beat there, it's like, well, you know, like now he's now he's lost the one. Is he really as hot as he was before? But ultimately, this just again puts over how hard these tournaments are to book and how you shouldn't do them. Like you shouldn't just make a rash call in November because you've <laughs> spat your dummy out about something. And you're like, right, well, sorry then. You can have your bloody wrestling. He <laughs> all your wrestling sludge. Like, watch my show. Then put your money away from mouth. It's like the. Take care, and I makes Give me twenty packs. Smoke them up. Yeah, <laughs> makes me think. Makes me think that this time next year, like they'll start thinking about this sort of September October time. Piece it all yeah. together, and you won't encounter these kind of problems. And again, some people would argue it's not a problem. As a fan of a team that's been relegated in late March before, believe me, there is nothing to watch the football for when it finishes in May. Like, and that's kind of where you're at with Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe now. Briscoe, and again, Daniel Garcia, another example of this. There are certain characters that can that can fit this, but you just as a viewer you'd rather not, mm. like, have to engage with that yeah. particular story. Um, the Moxley-Swerve thing is is great. Yeah. Oh. Like, that is great. Like, it's you can't ultimately arrive at that match without the stakes you've set out. But again, like, in a different tournament with a different layout, six versus six would have been just as effective. You know, like, Mox, yeah. Yeah. Mox getting beaten week one is, a, oh, my God, the Continental Classic is up and running. Swerve getting beaten week two is, a, is he still selling from Hangman Page? But you get there as the group leaders and you tell pretty much the same story. Yeah. 
One more thing. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I did like the, uh, you mentioned it, when they, they, they said over the speakers, are five minutes left. I got, I got Man United Galatasaray last week vibes where they were just like, well, we don't mind if we lose, we just can't draw. Yeah. I'll just throw everything. Let's just attack versus attack. And that's exactly what I got from No this. draws yet. No draws yet. I'd draw. I that think one have. will happen soon. Mm. One will happen soon. Probably on collision with those long matches that they like on that show. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a guess. One more thing. <laughs> the FTR in it. I don't really have much to say on the last five minutes. It was just pure shootout, execution, like bomb for bomb, but mm. like done like really well. Like 2.999, like the timing of everything was great. Um, I've got one thing to say on Swerve Strickland, right? And I'm never going to tweet this because I saw what happened last week to someone on Twitter, <laughs> right? I think he is amazing. I think, and I've said this for months now, before the Texas death match, he's the one out of your Rushes, your Takeshdes, out of your Hobbs, out of that fleet of people who are on the cusp of that main event bracket, and there's countless of them in AEW. He's the one, and he's proved everyone who cast him in that role right. So when I say this following criticism, it's from the absolute best place, good faith. He's 95% there. The 5%, how do you... Square that off. He's completely jacked now, mm -hmm. whereas he used to be more like slender and maybe even a bit faster, right? So he's got that main event aura, which is more important, but he's got that body and that physique and that size. When he does some of the movements in the ring, which is why he's called Swerve, right? If he's sort of lulling someone into the ropes and doing an outside in, or he's doing like a roll to sort of launch into a cutter or something, or if he's doing just some thing by the ropes to <laughs> jump upside down in the ropes, then come out here. Yeah. I think that's looking a bit more clunky now that he's got all that extra mass. The model, ironically, is Hangman Page, isn't it? Yeah. He's the guy that makes those two things yeah. make sense with his size. And I just yeah. think he's, he wrestles that in the, the swerve straightman way with those movements. And I think because of the size now, and because he feels more of a main eventer, feels like needs to shed the skin mm. with that kind of movement. Is, am I making any sense? No, I, I think that happen, you watch that happen with plenty of wrestlers, and it probably should. There is a style that you associate with a size. Main event aura, it's a very hard thing to articulate, but when somebody mm. does grow in size and grow in stature at the same time, which is, what hap which is what's happening with Swerve at the moment, I do think sometimes they become... What is it? It's a cognitive dissonance between what mm. he was and what he's about to become. Yes. Like Austin's injury... For all it was obviously terrifying and career shortening, was sort of necessary. Yeah. Like the style changed around him, but like the technician wasn't going to fit, was it? Yeah. And I think like yeah, that's not the the hard and fast rule for mm. anybody. But like even a John Cena just did like even less moves. If you can imagine <laughs> that, there was definitely more to Cena's repertoire before he like made that step up. I think there's an interesting conversation about conversations in general around wrestlers on the come up. You're saying about Swerve, and I think at the moment there is such that feeling that when anybody dares to go. What about? So shut up, shut up right now. Yeah. I remember it last year because I had it. I remember around Elimination Chamber, like there was a lot of people suddenly going like, uh, anybody else feeling like it's Sami Zayn? I'm like, Sami Zayn, shut the f*** up. It's Cody's <laughs> WrestleMania, shut up, just shut up. Like, you're wrong. Roman wins it's going to be fine actually, so shut up. And they were like, I just really like Sami Zayn. No, you don't, Cody's better. I think because it's just that wrestling is so rare when it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. somebody's right there and it, you get a bit edgy and tense about them not yeah. seeing it all the way through and I think that's why it's a good place to be yes. if you swerve but I think that's why there's a, a lot of that sort of conversation at the moment nobody yeah. wants this to go wrong 2024 it has to, has be, to yeah. be his it has year. to be his year has to be his year and uh, keep that 
if you're going to, even if you're going to strip back some of the stuff, I just love the kick where he, like, normally you just kick someone square in the face and he sort of jumps past them. And like, Where's he going? And he just kicks them right. Oh, it's great, man. Awesome. You can't take the swerve out of swerve. No. Yeah. But at the same time, it does feel like that kind of overt choreography unique yeah. to him feels a little bit more clunky and awkward with that massive new frame. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh Renee Packer is backstage with Mariah May asking about a meeting with Tony Khan last week. She says, look, it went well. He's a fan of her when she was in stardom of course uh, she's bringing much needed glamour to AEW um, but it's her ring ring debut's not Renee's business and it's not about her tonight it's about timeless Tony Storm I'll, I'll keep praising this because how many especially in the women's division how many wrestlers debut with three wins and a title shot on a loss and then they're dead they're dead forever. And then they come back again in six months and do the same again. This sort of character development should be the norm. Like, I don't care that she's not wrestled. I'm being told that she's wrestled in a very prestigious women's division, that the boss of all elite wrestling thinks she is good enough mm. to be here. And honestly, that is enough. Like, the day will come that she will wrestle. And I am ten times more invested in her than, like, a relatively cold debut or a, like, three-match winning streak that dies on the vine. Yeah. Plus, it's never gonna, you're never going to find out what actually was said back there. Mm-hmm. So to, if you, she's trying to get into the mind of Tony Storm to make her think like, oh, God, there's this new young, uh, I want to say actress then, new young performer on the come up, that the boss is suddenly a bigger fan. You're doing the all about yep. Eve thing. Tony's not going to come out and say, oh, great show tonight, we've got all these great matches. Oh, by the way, I didn't actually say that about Mariah May. Uh, I said she was, uh, just wanted someone to book her in the first match. Like, Tony Storm in her head is going to get more and more like, it's, oh, it bollocks. In the, the Tony Storm universe, oh, the, uh, I'm becoming aware that the studio's taking interest in other performers. Yes. That contextually makes sense. Yeah, it's an investment. It feels notable that Maria May, Mariah May, is getting this sort of push which is so distinct from the, oh, you can lose a few matches, get a title <laughs> yeah. shot, lose a few, get a title shot, lose a few more, get a title shot. And she, you notice when Tony Storm appeared on this show and who they got to, yes. like, do the, like, she must be moving merch mm-hmm. and getting quarter hours because there's a lot of investment. As, I don't think I've ever seen a, a women's segment, maybe Baker, and I've forgotten, so close to the top of the hour. Yeah. 
and well, I'll get, I'll get into it in a second, but an intriguing thing I read about today that I had no idea regarding Ben Mankiewicz. Apologies if I've butchered his sentence. We'll get there because I want to ask you next uh, about what's happened after this because we had a question about this on the news this morning and, and we were sort of apprehensive going into it. It was going to be MJF and Samojo against the Devil's Henchmen. Uh, but that never happened. Samojo comes out to the ring, the lights go weird, and then suddenly there's four of the, the, the henchmen surrounding the ring. The lights go out, uh, lights come back up. Everyone's gone apart from Joe. Suddenly the devil appears on the screen, and then we see footage of MGF backstage. He's been laid out, he's unconscious. There's a broken beer bottle next to his head, and Joe runs to the back. No match. Yeah, mercifully... This was not as dumb as we kind of feared it could be mm -hmm. on the preview. I still don't think it was, I still don't think this is a good idea like, at all. And maybe I'm overthinking this, right? And guess what? I can like look inwardly and just think, maybe I'm overthinking this silly wrestling angle. First of all, it's your main event angle mm. in the alternative, right? And yeah, I don't think anyone thinks as deeply as this. Nor should they. It's professional wrestling, right? The masked men presumably had to sign a contract to wrestle a match and get cleared by, you know, <laughs> cleared by medical. <laughs> by medical. Match you know what I mean? That's the thing. But that's the thing. Yeah. They should that's, be. That's funny. That's just, cleared I, by want, I want to see that team. NXT Anonymous, get them on the treadmill. Do right they then. remain anonymous? They could be like 17 years old. Mm. For all Tony Khan knows. Right, we couldn't sign Nick Wayne until he was eighteen. We got, we got, we got a great mask guy. You cannot just if have them remain anonymous and see how you can work a match. It could be anyone. It could be a serial killer. <laughs> could what be they someone the devil's henchman. I believe. So. Or the masked men or something. Henchman one is all elite. Who is he? It's, know, it's one it? of those <laughs> where if you do something dumb, you just invite those kinds of questions. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, certainly from a dickhead like myself. <laughs> right? If right. They go, right, okay, well, you cannot be anonymous. I'll have to know who you are because you could be anyone. Where's like, your wrestler's license? Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, right, okay, well, I'm not happy with you. You hack our security systems. You have destroyed and written off, shelved the acclaimed. Our Chios division's on ice. Yeah. Right. I'm not happy with you lot. So he's a fine. <laughs> or you're suspended or whatever. You have, and they've been... The, the commentary team says this. You have ran roughshod over AEW. That's yeah. great for us. So have a <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's stupid. It's fundamentally all very stupid. And tell you what, though. They put on quite a dazzling light show ahead of I the did. match. Yeah. I mean, it's, cr it's crap. It's TNA, cheap production, retribution aesthetic. It's just not good. <laughs> you can plot it. <laughs> Sorry, I see what you're doing over there. <laughs> You can plot it, right, well. You can present it poorly. Mm -hmm. This is presented Yeah, that's poorly. fair. Understand what was going on here, right? He was attacked with Rudolph Glass, Crammy River. <laughs> so that's a hint, a yeah. tease, or a red herring, something to do with a mystery. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, you didn't see the attack. So what if MGF is, in fact, the devil himself? They, they want you to ask those two questions. Mm -hmm. That was the purpose of this three, angle. Three, I would say. Hang on, Pitch. I was going to say, who drinks your last drink beer? Beer, beer yeah. bottle. Okay. Three, three, three. Three, three. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> three clues. Three clues, three jokes, three clues. I'm not asking those questions, really. I'm just thinking, oh, you look like <laughs> They had, like, a little costume. I was just sat on the train with, like, three thought bubbles on my head. Jugger boy. Who is it? MGF. Who is it? Show me Gabbo. The box. The box. <laughs> what, what is the deal with the devil? 
God, no, I don't. Well, now you've undermined it. Uh, Sidgwick's covered it. Like I can't fault. I can't fault that complaint about the presentation. Still, um, how long is this tech team taking? By the way, that's the kind of soundtrack to that light show. Tech team two thousand. Wait a minute. So have we actually clocked who the devil is here? It's that kid with his little fairground. And what is it he says, Sidgwick? He says, okay, let's go. Uh, <laughs> we That's the deal with the devil. It's that kid. No, I, like, they've, like, again, three clues. You've got Roderick Strong standing up. There's people. There is a, there's a line of... a miracle. There's a line of suspects. Religious. Oh, yeah, I didn't even consider that. Um, I'm a gear and a tires guy, an MJF. Oh, yeah. MJF massively cares about this sort of thing. I so love like, it. So I'm like, he's wearing red trunks there. Like, you know, he's like, he's, he's off hell. Uh, fire, fires of hell. But he's mad. He's crazy into that. Yeah. CM Punk feud was delicious for yeah. stuff like that. WWE Steve Austin ones. Candido ones. He was unreal he in that feud. Hogan Colors in Vegas. Hogan Colors in Vegas, which is a little, little spot for you. They're, they're gr- <laughs> WrestleMania 9. Yeah. The green, Ever heard of it? <laughs> the, the green velo jacket for the first rebuffed handshake. Then you see the picture of him in the green jumper. Then he wears green for the uh, dog collar match. It matters, and you look He's at stuff. He's a genius. He is, which man. Is why people hold him to a standard. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was there. Uh, three guys. <laughs> like, yes, wrestling's back. Three gabos, potentially. Indeed. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God, wrestling's back. And then, like, later on, we had to have some bloody wrestling matches. But before that, the <laughs> wrestling was back. John Moxley's backstage saying he expected to go 3-0. and uh, He's going to win the Continental Classic because, bitch, he's the ace of the world. He was, he was, hating his, he was like... <laughs> it did not work, did he it? He had like, a crisis of confidence... Uh, a week ago, yeah. after he won, uh, Swerve walks in <laughs> with his own T-shirt, just saying like the champ is here. <laughs> the Continental Champ is here. Swerve, uh, walks your knee hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really bad having a knee injury. Yeah, not me. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Swerve walks in with uh, Prince Nana. Uh, he says, uh, "You're not the only one undefeated." <laughs> Will you? That's eating a Scotch egg. <laughs> <laughs> Swerve says he'll do whatever it takes to win. Blackpool Combat Club means you get to join the Blackpool Combat Club, not get to push. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the Blackpool Combat Club. You could be the Blackpool Combat Club. You know. <laughs> I tried to join the Blackpool Combat Club. Went there first week. They said uh, no professionals. So <laughs> <laughs> not professional. So you should be. Hi, for John Moxley. You've been the best. <laughs> Anyway, uh, they'll see each other in Texas next week for winners coming. Very excited to preview that. Yeah, mm. that's the one thing the uh, Gold League has going for it. Look at them. Blue's so one of the dynamite colours. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a proper row. It's weird, that, isn't it? Yeah. Blue's one really of the dynamite colours. Yeah. And red and yellow's collision. Yeah. Gold's on that part of the colour wheel. Mm-hmm. Do we ever work out... Someone like... like There's loads of good responses on Twitter. I've forgotten them. But I was like, oh yeah, I see your point. We were trying to work out because you can't have gold and silver, but then we were like, you can't have red and blue, obviously, either. Oh, we had yeah. a full chat about this on Collision the other week, didn't we? we I, like, I had the idea. It's well, Dynamite League and the Collision League. But then some of it's on Rampage. But maybe... Uh, but then maybe they were probably thinking, well, what if we'll have to delay one? And it, that's happened, so... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's over to TCM's Ben Mankiewicz, who apparently I read was the is the grand nephew of Joseph Mankiewicz, who's the writer and director of All About Eve. Really great. Not That's AEW. Yeah. That is my AEW. 
Uh, he says, every generation, a performer comes along that redefines what it means to be human. Uh, could be Garbo, Brando, Groucho, uh, also Tony Storm. <laughs> every slam or pile driver paints a picture and he lifts off the silent films that Storm starred in. Does a catchphrase and introduces the world champion ahead of the title match. Tony Storm comes out, black and white gimmick, da da da. Sky Blue's out there for the AW women's title. Uh, Sky Blue gets in some good offense early on. That leads Storm to going outside to cut off a Sky Blue dive. Luther puts Storm on his shoulders and she hits an assisted suplex off the apron. And the camera switches to black and white as Storm poses. Um, Blue's up against the barricade. Storm hits a sweet cheek music to take us to break. When we come back, Sky Blue hits a spinning kick to the head. Uh, a crossbody off the top for a near fall. But Storm gets out of the way of a sky fall to hit a release German to send Blue into the corner. Blue dodges a hip attack this time, though. Hits a sweet cheek music of her own and a boot. Uh, hits the code Blue for a great two count. Uh, Storm cuts off Blue, though, in the corner, hits a superplex, poses, sweet cheap music. Blue tries a flash roll-up, but Storm counters into one of her own for the one, two, three. And as Storm celebrates post-match, Riho makes her return to a huge pierre yes. Uh She wants the women's title, drop kicks Storm to the floor, teases a dive. Luther saves Storm, though, and Storm is yelling, how dare you, as uh, Riho stands there with the title. I felt really bad not enjoying this because I thought the action was hot and the crowd were up for it, but I was just too distracted from some of the bollocks. Like, I'm not even, like, massive grapple f- You know, don't need stories in episodic North American TV <laughs> wrestling. I'm just not that. I'm not. Like, I do yeah. like a bit of bollocks. Like, I do genuinely like a bit of bollocks. This is just a bit too bollocks for me. And again, I feel bad because they worked hard and they obviously had a match that was really popular. Like, and this Tony Storm character was over as hell in this building. Mm. But... Uh, uh, the the thoughts I had, my criticisms, I just can't get into this. And I have a few of them. Mm. One is that she did like a minute, and then Sky Blue, it's like the Laurenitis face and the the FU or the F5. So she has to go like this. Oh. After not much of a beating beforehand, going, I thought it was like the second uh, best oh. spot in the match. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I did. They were going nuts. They were going nuts. And she kept going. It's that rule, you know. It's like, all right, I get it. It's funny again. The rakes, like, yeah, the sideshow yeah. bar breaks. Yeah. So I, I, I do get that, but I just thought that sky blue, and it didn't matter because people got into a comeback. But for me, when I individually, subjectively was watching this, and everyone else liked it, so this is just me. I thought she is playing, ironically, the like the sort of the person who gets the slapstick done to them, which is weird considering <laughs> two pies Tony, if anything. You know what I mean? She was kind of the <laughs> clown who was getting the pie in the face. Yeah. Like it was it wasn't just that bit, it was also, oh my god. They're trying to have cake and eat professional wrestling at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so they've got this collision, uh, this continental classic where it's like you cannot interfere. If you're a stable mate and you interfere, you get fired. Okay, that seems really harsh <laughs> considering what's happened over the past four years. But okay, we'll take that. But you're allowed to do a ostensible tag team maneuver with your manager. Nah, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's like... It's great, though, isn't it? It's funny. <laughs> it was quite funny. But you, first of all, you are... It's just too stupid. It, it's too many levels of stupid, even though it was fun. But I don't like fun. Right? <laughs> so kiss my ass. <laughs> So, she could do that spot, right? Funless Michael Sidrick. Yes, funless. So the ropes are there, right? And they've specifically built this ring for this purpose in AW because apron spots were in yeah. vogue before the company. So, like, ropes are there. Like, the edge of the ring's there. You can do, like, a little sprint along it if you like. 
So realistically, you could do a spot where Sky Blue's like, hanging out my ass, I've just taken a beating. It took a minute for the wind-up punch, but it really hurt when she finally landed it, right? So Tony Storm could conceivably, right, sprint across that apron, bombs away, and then just hire into the barricade as she did, right? Yeah. That would hurt more because you would generate more momentum and have more of a front open to do that. If you just ran herself, why would you rely on a 50-year-old's knees to carry it into doing that? So you are cheating mm. and risking a disqualification, which doesn't matter, which is another problem, to do a move on top of your manager's shoulders with his 50-year-old knees that you could have probably just done better yourself and not got disqualified for it. I get it. It's comedy wrestling a bit much for me. That's fair. Like, I thought this was as good a compromise of the Tony Storm character and the Tony Storm I've got one more thing to say, but I'll wait for you to say. I, d I love this, all of it. Like, I think it's the best compromise of the Tony Storm character in the in-ring thus far. My biggest fear of, like, I think I've been a little bit higher on Timeless Tony Storm than Sidge and maybe Consensus because it's been part of this AEW's gone too daft conversation. I think she's been thrown in with that. Mm -hmm. And I get why, too. Um, but I just felt like my, my only fear with any of this, because you can do what you like, for me personally, like as a character, as long as like when Tony Storm was such a great wrestler, the matches don't suffer, and they haven't suffered for me. They've actually improved because I felt like I was getting both full like, gear, cake and eat it. Wow, disastrous finish! Like, but the whole point of what she does, yeah, full gear, I suppose, was where it's like, ah, oh, they pushed this too far. But like, this still had tons of Tony Storm's hard hitting stuff. I but mm -hmm. you know, the wider punch was silly. German was great. Yeah, like I believed it all, and I believed Sky Blue's fight back as a result because this looked like. She, Tony Storm looked hard as nails here when she was just being Tony Storm the wrestler. So Sky Blue has still got that challenge to overcome. If anything, what Tony Storm doesn't realise is when she has her weird timeless moments, she's doing herself a disservice. Mm. But she's so involved in herself that she's willing to take that risk because to her it's just as important to be this film star classic throwback as it is to be this kick-ass wrestler. Mm. So that, for me, I felt like I was getting both. I love the gimmick. I thought the introduction was tremendous. Like... This, this, for me, is absolutely worth following through on because I just feel the investment coming through the, the crowd. I'll say this, it might have got less if it was in the typical women's spot because Jay Lethal and Jay White had an uphill battle. And I must say, like, not their fault specifically. It's about but, time. But nice to see some men yes. have to grapple through that because typically that's the job of the women. So they were given the spot, in my opinion, the characters and the, maybe not the story, but the timeless Tony Storm character deserves this spot more than the generic women's one. Maybe make two places to them on the card. But I thought best week yet for Tony Storm. One more point very quickly, because we are running short on time somewhat, is that between full gear, that nonsense with the metal plate, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. the black and white that just happens now mm. when she's about to hit the hip attack, it's distracting. I don't understand, but I do, how you take a move so devastating that an actual worker in Brian Alvarez was like, someone's going to get badly hurt doing that. No one has since. Yeah. Right? And I'm not... Like saying Alvarez doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, Huge yeah, yeah. inspiration on me. I rate mm -hmm. very, very highly. But when you've got a move that looks so devastating, and now they've kind of oh, film it in black and white, and that's jarring. Or you put a you know a plate in your ass, and you know it doesn't work. If they're making that move look less devastating, then there's a, a little rethink is required. Yeah. It's the bones of the Tony Storm character I've loved since day one, mm. but it's, they've taken it too far. Tony Storm's going to that place, which is black and white. Yes. <laughs> she took the move here as well, which probably helps keep the move over. Mm. Like actually having to absorb one from Sky Blue, I think was, because that, and that was quite nice in the story after what Tony Storm had said about her as well. Yeah. So. The bottom stuff. The bottom stuff. The bottom. Yeah. The race uh, to the bottom. So let me Not just... the first time in the AW Women's Division. Quickly check my notes. 
Yeah, there was only a women's match on the show, which means uh, before we get to the name of the game, we should get to the aim of the game, Sige. Jesus Christ, look at that. Uh, the aim of the game is to identify to the hour, minute, and second the first time you hear We've the, got first more time after the first entrance theme um, for the only women's, uh, women's division match on the show to just put, you know, underscore, button bold, italicize uh, the fact that it's only one time per episode. It's a bit apathetic. And, you know, we have a little rhyme as well to, oh. uh, you know, remind people of kind of what the thinking process is uh, behind the AW Women's Division and where it's situated mostly on the card. And that is, when the women come out the plate, don't fret, the men ain't too far away. Bit different. <laughs> 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 so that's the aim of the game. And uh, <laughs> The name of the game is... Well, this is ladies night, I'm thinking, oh, what a night. That's an expectation to riff, and I can't do that. I thought you were going to, like, make a ballad out of it there. You were slowing it right the way down. That was absolutely tempting. Oh, what a night. Clicking was, like, righteous and chasing there. What a night. Thank you as always to Adam Blair uh, at Adam Wilton Fort and Jose Palomares at the Ho 11 who always take care of the um, data for this sort of thing. It's getting very interesting. The final ladies' night is next week. Adam has messaged me. You can me. only draw. Well, but there's nothing worse than a last minute equalizer conceding one of them, is there? Agree. Absolute gut punch. Agree. Adam has messaged me. Thank you, Adam, Thanks for this. Bruce <laughs> To say that the right new the, the new Ladies Night trophy is on its way to What Culture oh Towers, <laughs> and Adam has told me I do have a tiebreaker prepared in the event of a draw. Oh my God. I was going to say if it was anyone else with Sid, you'd be like, throw it next week so we can have the tiebreaker. This is like, no thanks, Hamlet. I want to beat you into the mud. I think it's going to happen in two hours and forty minutes. <laughs> 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 no. Uh, no, you don't. Like, two hours forty-five minutes, and there's just no women's match, and you win. No. Uh, yeah, Hamlet won this week. Uh, one hour and 53 minutes. A women's match at the top of the hour! Uh, which means I'm on seven. doesn't matter. Uh, Sidgwick is on 11. Hamlet is on 10. All to play for next week. All going well. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, the award of the Ladies' Night 2023 trophy. Which will happen on the day of our work Christmas party. Oh, my God. Big oh, day. Big day. Big day. All, well, of course. All going well. Uh now I've just realised I've lost my notes. Looking for the uh, message from Adam Blair. There we go. Found it again. Okay, so next it was a video package for Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. Adam really well event. done. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, and then uh, Jay versus Jay, White versus Lethal in the Continental Classic. Um, Lethal gets the uh, uh, early upper hand, does a little Fargo strut, um, which might not be White obviously previously mocked. Uh, they both escape Fireman's carries with eye rakes. Um, White hits him with a DDT to take us to a picture-in-picture -picture break. We come back. Uh, Lethal hits a top rope elbow for two. White goes after his knee, though. There's a suplex into the corner and a brain buster from Jay White to get a near fall as well. Uh, sets up the sleeper suplex. The Blade Runner gets countered, but so does the Lethal Injection. Again, White goes for the knee. Um, another Blade Runner is countered into a roll-up, but White reverses into one of his own for a pin. A bit awkward because obviously the women's match just ended in the same way. But Jay White uh, moves on to six points and Jay Lethal's also mathematically eliminated. I, I have got very little to say on this, but I expected to have very little to say on this. And I expected to say, oh, I was a gentleman's three and I didn't give a toss about it. I thought this had a bit of personality to it. The technical work was as good as you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Like that chop block from the Lethal Injection was just 
absolutely liquid Jay White. <laughs> we called that yesterday, didn't we? We said, like, when they flip into their natural roles, this might get good. Yeah, actually. and it did. Yeah. This was good. I mean, it was shorter than the other ones. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was going to go shorter because you needed to look at your time, uh, the clock, and for once you didn't say You <laughs> said it's time for Copeland and Christian Cage, realistically. Um, so I didn't expect it to go along, but this is like way more entertaining than I thought it would be. The reason why I don't do heel versus heel matches all the time is because they suck. Mm. They are not good, but a fun byproduct of something like the Continental Classic where there's heels in it. They have to wrestle at some point. And they just had a nice little heel versus heel match, as he said, tried to out cheat each other. Mm-hmm. I thought this was fun. Like I thought this was going to be so much more dry than mm. it actually was. Yeah. And I had a fun time with it. I think um, what they need... And this year can be good try. Where can we make improvements? I think this Continental Classic is absolutely open to like a bit of critical analysis because it's been rushed through. Next year, you could book this match again, heels versus heels, decidedly mid-card heels versus heels, but in a Jay Lethal or somebody else like him, like a wrestler fighting for his life. But because you've become more aware of the schedule and the points and everything like that, I think this match goes much better next year with a bit more forethought. You know, like there was no point towards the end of this where you sort of felt like Jay Lethal is done. I was drawing this, and I think that was where like it felt a bit disconnected from the stakes. Yeah. And uh, there's there's an excellent Continental Classic almost buried underneath this one, mm. and I think we'll get it next year. Certainly in the uh, the goal league, but the blue league as we know is going. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I keep thinking of me in the dynamite one. I know. It's every time the blue league, we've just talked about that. It was only okay. <laughs> Those are the colours. That's it. Yeah. We'll talk more about it on the uh, collision preview tomorrow. Oh, well, well, but despite the fact that it's already happened, we'll work some out. Anyway, main event time. Uh, Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland for the TNT title. Uh, after a stare down, Copeland just slaps the taste out of Christian's mouth and puts him in a choke. And Cage has to just bail out of there. Um, go out, out and fight on the outside. Copeland launches Cage into the barricade and smashes his head off the announce table to send all those drinks flying. Uh, Cage goes for a low blow. And uh, Copeland blocks and just steps on his hand. Uh, back out to the floor. Um, Cage, desperation, finally gets in a cheap shot and pulls uh, Copeland uh, throat first into the steel and hoys him into the crowd to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, Cage wants the uh, punches in the corner, but Copeland bites at his hand and hits a leg sweep off the second rope. Again, they spill to the outside. Cage sends him into the steps. Frog splash back inside, gets two. Um, Cage goes for a spear. That gets counted into the impaler for a near fall. Uh, Cage gets back up. Uh, Copeland counters this time into a Liger bomb for a two count. Um, Killswitch gets counted into an Edgeomatic for two and a crossface, but Cage just makes the uh, ropes with his feet. Um, Adam Copeland sets up for the spear. Uh, Cage leapfrogs it and hits a kill switch for another two. He sets up Christian this time for a spear, but Copeland sidesteps, but in sidestepping, Bumps uh, Bryce Remsberg, the referee, and then in a huge pop in the Wilborn household, Cage realizes what's happened, so just kicks the referee in the cock when his back's turned. <laughs> Quite brilliant. Yes, but Remsberg's an idiot for counting the three afterwards. Yeah. Like, who else is going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> who else has done that? A fan running. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, referee's down. Cage realizes what's going on, goes out, grabs the TNT title, swings, misses, and they both bounce off the ropes and both go for a spear at the same time. You have one for me as well for that. Just call me Butter Baby. I'm on a roll. And it didn't look as stupid as I might have thought. It wasn't it a bit stupid. It was clonking shoulders rather yeah. than heads, which was a lot safer, yeah. Uh, and then who should come out but Nick Wayne's mom? 
The name's Shana, but I much prefer calling her Nick Wayne's mom. And the show notes. Yeah, it's got to get to do a voice as well. Yeah, the show notes will have Nick Wayne's mom in the title as well. Shana, she's not got a surname. She's Nick Wayne's mom. <laughs> yes. Uh, she Wait. comes down and uh, she grabs the TNT title. Cage now. She she grabs the TNT title and you just can't call who she's going to hit with it. She's uh, she's looking at Adam Copeland and she keeps looking at Adam Copeland and then she sort of glances at Christian Cage going, oh, she'll probably tease hitting you. It's a bit like when uh, Jon Stewart did it at SummerSlam. You were like, yeah. well, he's clearly turning here. Fair's fair. The commentators gave up on the usual as well. Yeah. They? They're, Christian's really going to get it. There was none of that. No. She's so conflicted. It was like, ah, oh, you cannot like the viewers. No, no, no. And so, of course, she clonks Adam Copeland. She screws Adam Copeland with a, the title shot. Uh... And uh, Christy Cage, if that's not enough, goes, I'm going to hit him with a kill switch again and put his head on the title and stamp on his neck. That's great. Uh, and Bryce oh. Remsberg has recovered from his... <laughs> Mm. Come on, carry on. Hey, Bryce Ramsberg recovers from his cock injury uh, long enough to uh, count the one, two, three, and post-match, Christian Cage, Christian Cage even <laughs> stops the doctor from checking on him as he celebrates. And there's a lovely shot that I've seen being shared. Him holding up the title, he's all sweaty, and just a sea of Canadians just all doing that in the background, all flipping him off. I like how it worked. Yes. This is, oh, this is going so well. Like, I, I thought the storytelling between Copeland and Cage was like just genuinely majestic. It was so good. Like, so Copeland kicks his ass relentlessly, mm -hmm. as he should and as he would from the character and where his motivations are. I loved as well how he did the beat to the bottom, given oh, yeah, how that. he left WWE. Just a really nice touch. Just a nice little nod to Seamus, that. And he just kicks his ass. Yeah. And then I love, like, a good twist of, oh, how are you actually going to get back into this match? Because the second that, right, oh, well, here's why Christian Cage cheats. The smart baby face just goes, no, mm. stamp on your hand. And I'm thinking, all right, Christian's double f then. <laughs> just, the finish is going to come soon. Because I just love it when you can obscure what you're about to do next. Other than, oh, is it is that a chop battle? It's a quick note on chop battles, by the way. I'm sick of them. And it sucks <laughs> because so many guys are so good at chops. Yeah, and Kingston's Roosh, amazing yeah. at chops. Roosh is amazing at chops. Uh, so Eddie Kingston, Roosh, Jay White's amazing at chops. And there's still some like great, like, just. I wish they would just parse them out a little bit mm -hmm. because there was a bit during like Briscoe and Strickland and then Jay White and Jay Lethal. I'm like, oh, f this again. It's my fed, it's my fed thing. This is a little printout by Gorilla, isn't it? No, no legwork. Yeah. No work by the table, it's whatever just, it is. There's a merit to that. It's mm. just, it's everywhere. Yeah. Homogenized. I just would like a little bit fewer chops. Don't get rid of them. Love mm. a job. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Fewer chops. This didn't need chops. Mm. I almost forgot what a match without chops looked like on this episode of Dynamite. I was like, oh, this, these two don't need chops. So you're thinking, oh, how's he going to get into it? He can't even cheat. And then, and Excalibur was amazing. I love him so much. They explain. I got one bit of it. Oh, the Red Mist. He's just, he can still be smart, but, and he's not stupid. He's just so pissed off mm. and fired up that it's not stupidity, just his instincts have taken over. And then as well, he gets that adrenaline dump where he's like, I've kicked your ass too much, if anything. Mm. Um, so that allows Cage to go, right, here's your own bang into the ring post. And it's like, he's not an idiot for falling for that. He's just out on his feet. And Christian Cage is a rat, a cockroach, who can just get any little opening and punish you for it. And then they get deeper into the match with the counters. And it's like, again, you see counters, it's like the way. As soon as New Japan popularized this, it's like, well, that's how you do a finishing sequence these days. And it's like, there's no two of the wrestlers 
who would know each other inside out to sort mm-hmm. of make this work and to earn it. And the, just the ingenuity of it was great. There's like 40, well, not 40 years, about 20 years of history in that spear leapfrog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like knowing exactly what he's going to do. It yeah, just really worked nice so style. tremendously well. And then the finish was, it's a good job that this was as over as it was, mm-hmm. that the match was as good as it was, because you could probably term this finish a bit of a disaster. I don't think it was... Maybe that's hyperbole. Let me explain, right? So I've said before between, you know, the Roddy Strong and the Tony Storm, and then this storyline, even though it's better to an extent, they're still trying to have pro wrestling and eat sports entertainment. Like, Daddy Magic, if you get involved in Danny Garcia's match, eh, it's Continental Classic, you are fired. Mm-hmm. That's a sanctity of sport, right? Oh, the TNT title, is it? I'll just send another ref out. Don't send another ref out there. I'm sure I'm sure Copeland will have a fair fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Yeah. If you care so much yeah. in one part of the show about observing the rules and the sanctity of the rules and having to make sure the right person wins for your title, no less, for a title, I don't send a ref out there. I'm sure Copeland will uh, have a fair chance of winning. Obviously, he doesn't. It takes like about four minutes between the bump and the shenanigans to all get drawn to a conclusion. Like, if you care that much, send another ref out there. And it's like, if you don't care about that usually, that's fine, but you do now during the Continental Classic. And a title match should be no different, realistically. I realize I'm being pedantic. Just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. Another thing very quickly is that the the acting, even for self-aware soap opera, they know what this is, and they're just enjoying it and luxuriating Mm. in it, and it kind of radiates. Even for self-aware soap opera... The acting's too bad. <laughs> that acting was too bad. She might get better. But last night, it was very, very poor, right? And another thing that I thought was really bad, and again, it goes back to the problems kind of just be easily cleaned away in AEW. You kind of just unsign about 15 wrestlers and make the wrestlers you got still more important because you signed those 15 wrestlers now. And you cannot make a move mean something and have me buy it when there's four years of just excess across the board. And I've enjoyed some of that excess more than I have any of the wrestling promotion ever. How many times? It's time to play the game! Time to play, time to play the game! How many times have you seen in an AW match a belt shot or a weapon shot exist so you bite on the 2.999 kick out. Someone got here with a sledgehammer, didn't they, a while back? Yeah, a lot. Like, you've lost Baseball bat, yeah. not sledgehammer, that's right. what I meant. You've lost baseball yeah. baseball bat at all in? Yeah. yeah. Belt shot of thing, Cassidy's taking like the hammer. Millions. Yeah. Millions. A fairly tepid-looking, tame-looking curb stomp onto a belt. The commentary team, I was like, ah, piss off. The commentary team try to say, that looks a bit like the concerto, which can break your neck, and Adam Copeland's had a long history of neck issues. It's like, it just looks like every belt shot you see in one and four AEW matches. So I just thought that was a bit insulting. I thought it took ages for Remersburg to writhe around the idea that I just counted who else was going to kick you in the balls. <laughs> this is just very, very, very corny TV. And just the the, the whiplash between that and the presentation of the Continental Classic happening in the same company, on the yeah. same TV shows. I was just like, ah, man. Is that a Seinfeld thing from Curb? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the story in the match, which was really irritating. 
this to me was the the good side of when we have to say, well, here's what we think about television this week, and it was bad, but it might be good down the line because I I get those complaints. I don't even disagree oh, with principally, them. Principally, I like the finish. Yeah, I just thought the execution was crap. If that looked like a kill shot, yeah. into the belt or they did a concerto, mm-hmm. great. So just the execution was poor. Targeting Edge's neck, his best friend, his brother targeting his neck, extra cruel, obviously, using the belt, this visual signifier of not only am I about to win this belt and keep you a million miles away from it, I'm also going to try and put you out of the sport forever. Mm-hmm. Man that, like, look, trusts me with his children. Like, I think that's that's very nice Christian stuff. And now Christian gets to nope any kind of rematch. I think Edge is, uh, I want to see... I want to see neck and on between Christian and Nick Wayne's more. Well, we said we got want a wedding. We've got three episodes done about now until uh, World's End. World's End. No, go beyond World's End. Months to play within the sandbox, uh, right? I want you know stag do wedding. Then you know <laughs> you know the home f- angle for World's End for these two. You know the face of the revolution match was absolutely fantastic when you believed in tears and hierarchies in AW. They're dead now. So Edge wins the face of the revolution ladder match because he has to win a ladder match to get a ladder match. AW right? multi-man ladder matches were never good. Singles anyway. But the idea the was, idea, yeah. oh my God, somebody's going to get propelled. You know, like uh, Scorpio Sky winning one. It was a dumb Sonic ring, but it was like, here we go. Yeah. Here's the moment. Uh, Edge, like we're not there now. You can do all-star matches, it doesn't really matter. Edge is forced to put his body and his risk, literally risk his neck just to get one more go at Christian because now Christian can absolutely nope him and he does and he wins it and that's how he gets his TNT title match. So I think we get a big long way. And in that time, Christian gets to do gross stuff with Nick Wayne's mom and move on. (laughs) And like, well, in his mind, move on. But this becomes Adam Copeland's like reason to stick at this neck health notwithstanding. Conceptually, I didn't hate the finish at all. Hence why we kind of booked it. Yeah, they put it in place. With the contract, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't obviously book it, we just saw yeah, no, I, we read I, the tea leaves, yeah, and I thought the tea leaves were tasty, <laughs> <laughs> fragrant. I just I thought, uh, it just looked crap. It looked, crap. I get that, yeah, that's the, fair. the curb stomp looked terrible, the acting was poor, the distance between the nut shot and the finish was, oh, get a second ref out there. This is meant to be a sport. It was a sport 10 minutes ago, you know. I suppose this is why, like, the Continental Classic is AEW's perfect compromise, even if it's not ours, because in the year of the rankings and things being adhered to, you just can't, like, piss about with dodgy finishes now. So then you can't probably think, well, this is perfect. Why not mm. both? Here's that proper yeah. shut-your-face wrestling fans wrestling, and here's the silly stuff that Jimmy Jacobs is elbowing me in the side to do. It's a, like bit, the, it's a, it's a manifestation of his kind of feckless booking mm. and his buffet and his greed. You don't want to be greedy at a buffet. You're going to get sick very quickly. <laughs> Have you been to Chop Chop in Edinburgh before it closed down? No. Oh, my God. I mean, I love getting greedy at a buffet. I'm just saying it's a word <laughs> warning because you really no, put yourself I'm in trouble. So sad. It was the best, rest- called best restaurant I've ever been to, and it was all you can eat. And everyone was like, come on, let's go and get a drink. I was like, like Michael, it's been three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fill up on anything carbonated. Okay. We're going to get bread. We've seen how many dumplings are left. Dumplings at a buffet. They're the one thing that you can never get enough of when you get and serve them normally, but a buffet, yeah. as many as you want. And go Talk back about Chinese more. dumplings. Yeah, 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 yeah. The good, yeah, yeah. best kind. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hi. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts on that and AW Dynamite, I suppose, uh, in the comment <laughs> section below or on eggs at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Wherever I am. Somewhere over there. It's all right. Michael Hamflit. Oh, Michael Cedric at... M. Sidgwick. That was slick. <laughs> Follow me. Michael Hamflit. Michael Hamflit. <laughs> 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 I completely botched it. Uh, you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Don't look like sh-
<laughs> this was this was the uh, the Christian and Cope finished yeah, our podcast. It's because I was going to say it, there's something fun you've got to announce. Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, he's back. He's back. I can't wait. Go catch him. Where are we? Uh, yes. Which one are we announcing? Well, I can't remember what we're announcing now. Oh, we got a big... Uh, on Monday. What's that on Monday? On Monday, yes. That's what I'm... This. More like fun day. Uh, I think this is good from a live perspective. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, bad news uh, on Monday. <laughs> no no live Q&A. Uh-huh. But I suppose in the place we could put something something else out, maybe. Really? Maybe uh, pre- another live thing. Well, it's not live, but... It was live at the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> the live show is coming to our oh. YouTube channel, What Culture Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Uh, the one we uh, recorded. Thank you again to everyone who came along uh, a while back. Is going to be able to watch on Monday afternoon. We'll hopefully even be in the live chat enjoying hopefully. the premiere with All you. All going well. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows, maybe that's not the live show. Last live show we will ever do as well. Uh, you can follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. And me and Sid will be back tomorrow. All going well. Uh, to preview an episode <laughs> of AW. Such a dark bit. <laughs> we'll be here to preview an episode of AW Collision that's already in the can. Uh, we'll work something out. Um, but for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Review. My thanks to Hamlet, Sid, and Nicholas. Thank you for joining us. And we <laughs> will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 